if that did mean that like essentially a suit front hands by American targeting American retail had to be licensed, um, I think that could be reasonable. Which Sam, is if, that, we, um, it, if the question was let's let's acknowledge that the email protocol will be permissionless as a protocol. Yep. But it was the law of the land in America that every email front end provider required KYC from its users. Yeah. Because under the justification that we do not want people sending information back and forth to terrorists, yep. where would you so, stand on that position? Oh, I'd be strongly against that position. I think why? it'd be I think it'd be why? why would I be against it? Because I think that it I think it'd be like against freedom of speech. I think it'd be disenfranchising a lot of people. I think I would not trust in practice that it would do a good job. So I agree with you on all of that. Okay. Um I'm making a distinction here between, for instance, payments versus like derivatives contracts. Why why is Ave somehow different than email? So um why is it different than email? Um you, you argued so well and so passionately yeah. to not block email with yes. licensing and KYC. I loved hearing that. Yep. That filled my soul with joy. Such yeah. good arguments. Why yeah. does that not apply to financial transactions? So um why does it not apply to financial transactions? Um I think there are a few things here. So, first of all, Okay, here it is, the world's most bullish podcast back to you. Finally, with all of the attendees. When I say all of the attendees, I mean all of the true attendees. That is Mr. Orlin, a.k.a. the Trillion Dollar Man. That is Dr. Evil 10%, a.k.a. the People's Champ. That is Sir Neverlook, a.k.a. the, the Excellence of Execution. And of course, Mrs. No Show, a.k.a. still pod number 73. No show. Here we are. What what's the grand total of pods which she which she's been? Three. Hmm. So uh, less than five percent. Miss No Show, if you listen to the intro for some reason. <laughs> Try and make five percent by hundred. Go on. That means attending two more before we hit a hundred. Yeah, but uh, I haven't been on a few. <clears throat> Got hit with a good old flu bug. I had a Halloween party surrounded by young kids and came out dead. So <laughs> that put me under, but I'm back. I'm back now. It's the first time I've been to enjoy some whiskey for about these two weeks. I've just been like, oh, just in bed. You, you missed the other one because I think you just couldn't be arsed or something. You're out oh, having yeah, a what? meal at Starbucks with Miss No Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What one was just a complete, just yeah. I got, I just totally lost track of the days. But uh, yeah, last week was honest. Yeah. So you had the start of the rich and famous. Well, he doesn't even track the days. I don't we did have months. an, we did have an emission. Is. We did have an emission last week, so we missed one, unfortunately, for our listeners. Um, yeah. But the week before, we had mis misinformation part five. Yeah. Did you um pick up on anything from part five? Learn anything? No. <laughs> I thought it was right, actually. 
thought it was all right. We couldn't give the audience two back-to-back misinformations because that would just kill the show other than us saying some some thing that YouTube will probably cancel us for anyway. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll cancel ourselves. We like Facebook or Meta, as they now want to be called, of course. Uh, you know, the only thing that really could kill Meta is Meta, and they're doing that. Yeah, they're doing a damn good job, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. Someone else who's done a damn good job at killing themselves. Breaking <laughs> news. Breaking. FTX. So the, obviously we don't normally cover crypto news unless it's in Shitcoin Corner, but this one is huge. Like to actually yeah. like headline the show really for this one because Binance and FTX. So just so everyone knows, like Binance have just bought FTX. Obviously, some due diligence still to go, but both CEOs have come out confirming the deal. It's all done. And the last couple of days, people have been very concerned about FTX. People have been tracking their wallets, tracking the price of their shitcoin, the FTT coin, and their wallets are very low. They were like 75 to 80% lower than they've ever been. And their shitcoin was plummeting. And it just all signs were pointing towards what the fuck's gone on. Have they done something? Have they lost all their money? What is going on? And then suddenly people started to have their withdrawals uh, tapered. You couldn't take out more than $1,000 at a time. And obviously, this is one of the biggest exchanges in the world. Some of the biggest mm-hmm. traders trade on there. They would have had hundreds of thousands, potentially millions. And they couldn't take it out. And so what it looks like is obviously, it's all going to come out and the wash this. What looks like happened has happened. FTX have made a crucial error. They did lose all their money. And if things had just gone to its natural cause, this would have been another Celsius, another Mt. Gox. Uh, it would have just gone bust and customers would have lost everything that was on that exchange would have gone. Fiat and crypto and Bitcoin would have all been frozen for probably a decade. And at the end of that decade, you just got to hope there's some money left that hasn't been taken by the auditors and all the other big companies that were owed money. Uh, and hopefully the customers would have got some. But what seems to have happened here is the other biggest exchange, Binance, has come in and gone, you know what, we'll buy you out for a hugely discounted price, no doubt. And um, CZ has come in, swooped them up, um, and then they've straight away continued to allow withdrawals to happen. But then all in line with that, we've seen a 15 20% drop in Bitcoin, and the whole of crypto has dumped as well, or the shit coins have dumped. So what looks like happened there is Binance have had to liquidate a load of assets to get them over to FTX and then give them to customers. And then probably customers are then just dumping it once they get it to get it off FTX because they're still shitting themselves. But it's just obviously causing waves. This is one of the two of the biggest exchanges. These are the number one and two. This is like Microsoft and Apple going head to head in the in the laptop space and the computing space. And one of them going bust. And then in, in an hour, the other one's bought the other. It's just, it's, it's kind of, it, it's it's nuts. It is crazy. And um, I don't know, obviously we don't know what's gone on behind the scenes, but may, have they over leveraged themselves? Because FTX was spending money like there was no tomorrow. Let me just give you a little bit of an overview of this. They bought the Miami Heat Stadium <laughs> in terms of the NBA team and renamed it 
the FTX Stadium in a 20-year deal. They also bought the naming rights uh, for an esports organization called TSM in a 10-year, $210 million naming rights deal. And, uh, and again, so they when things were going good, they were just hemorrhaging money left, right, and center. It, so, is, it, it is a bit like a fit organization. So we are just talking before we came on air about the um, FTX token, so FTT. It's mm. the right one, isn't it? So yeah. we look today, this is evidently when some kind of dip or liquidation first happened at 2.40 this morning. It went from 21.96 suddenly down to 18.89. I mean, it's kind of like gone up and down throughout the day. I'm guessing where rumors happened. I mean, it had a little bit of a peak where it hit 19. I mean, it's gone down to $3.14. So, you know, that's when the announcement started happening, but basically Binance are buying FTX and basically the shit coin is no more because it is fear, isn't it? It's literally, we're going to print money out of nowhere with this shit token, which you can't use for anything, but somehow people think it's valuable. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's even more fear because how are they buying this out? Who's bailing them out? It's another shit coin scammer who printed money out of thin air because Binance have their own Binance coin. So they're using the bulk of their profits from that and being used to to fund FTX. So it's more made up internet money buying, saving this company. So what will end up happening is that everyone folds into Binance in the end. But then once Binance goes down, there's no one left. And the shitcoin market just implodes. It's done. Yeah. It, 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 FTX would have gone down if, if literally if Binance didn't exist. No one else was big enough to save them. And so, you'd end up with kind of like more peer-to-peer -peer then on things like Bitcoin. Um, yeah, kind of putting, end up with a lot of small exchanges that were Bitcoin only. and yeah. Putting this into perspective for what some people will term as a real world, it's like Argentina with their shitcoin by the Argentina peso. Basically, they printed too much and they're going out of business and they're being bailed out by the IMF, a.k.a. the USA, with their shitcoin, which is printed out of thin air as well. So it is... It's ridiculous that that comparison is so accurate. Yeah. yeah. All shit coins will fold into Binance and all fiat coins will fold into the US dollar. And then yeah. eventually those two fall and everything folds into Bitcoin. That, yeah. that That's the natural order of things. It's just that they all need to domino into each other first because they, they think they're right. <laughs> they just need to be proven wrong. Then we just need them all dead. They all need to die before they finally accept that, oh, the answer was sat there the entire fucking time, wasn't it? It's Bitcoin. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not feeling very bearish at the moment. No, super bearish. <laughs> <laughs> this is just another example, isn't it? You know, if, if these shit coins meant anything, they wouldn't go up. They wouldn't go up in smoke like this. But we know that the second you centralize power around a currency, it goes off the rails. The the humans involved will get greedy and they'll do deals like you just mentioned there. Um, so never look around those 20 year deals to sponsor this and X and Y and Z. And those commitments, those payments would have been coming out every month. And then his shitcoin goes down by 80, 90%. And suddenly he realizes he can't make the bills. 
and he needs to start dipping into customer funds right. and it all just starts to go wrong it's and what yeah. happened there what did the, did the protocol go wrong did the shitcoin code go wrong no the human that controls the coin went wrong that's what happened but and, kind of and pulling it, back there, you said when you center around a currency, I'd say, but it's your way around. When you center away from a currency and basically <laughs> your needs um, dictate what the currency does rather than the currency dictating what your needs can do, I'd say that you said it the wrong way. Oh, I just meant, I just meant centralization. I mean, you, you yeah, need exactly. That's what, yeah, so I'm kind of going, you know, when you get something which is centralized, which you can control, you it's human instinct to take the piss pretty much mm. yeah. and 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 it will either happen and this is the, the classic or either happened because of conspiracy or incompetence so this might be a combo i, I on because like on celsius side and I, I think celsius might have been actually actually too fair if you actually look at ftx celsius and point mount gox they were all probably incompetence they actually probably weren't too much greed and stealing related You've got yeah, things like Quadriga. So. Quadriga yeah. was 100%. That was just theft, like outright theft. But the other three, it's like, I actually think they were trying to build businesses, got a bit yeah. over bullish, and then got wrecked. And they're like, oh, shit, lost all our customers' money. Yeah, but you, you build it. You build I, I don't, Sorry, yeah, I don't think there, I don't really think that there was anything um, malicious from FTX. They were given to charities, because I, I remember um, SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, talking about it, obviously um, doing stuff in the community because they were based in Miami, and just probably, uh, yeah, over-leverage way too much and expected, uh, as classic humans do in terms of our flaws, that the good times would roll a lot longer than the bad times in this crypto winter. It's really hurt them, but they were unable to see that they needed to be putting things to the side, such as some form of savings, as opposed to leveraging. But that may be a flaw in them because that's how they got to where they were. They were doing arbitrage in terms of buying from one exchange and selling on another at various different times. So it's in their DNA to leverage and to gamble in a way with the yeah, markets. But, and in this time they, they've come up. Yeah, but they, they're like, they were pissing money on stadiums. You know, that that's not just all, you know, they were unlucky. That was, you're taking the money, which you need to guarantee to pay your mortgage. And you bought a fucking Lamborghini with it. When you but maybe they were doing that to bring in the masses. Yeah. And so I get it, but it, again, it might not have been a malicious thing. They were seeing buying the FTX stadium in their home city of Miami as we want to give back to the people and for the people to trust us. Kind of like back in the day as your local bank, but your local exchange and seeing that name would have brought loyalty to the brand i'm just playing devil's advocate but oh, yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's just stupid incompetence playing around with you know and i think with the um like obviously we've got incompetence about the company but we've also got a lesson around shit coins again which is what we always come back to what is the point of these coins like they're just gambling it's literally betting on i don't know 
like Walsall to beat Spurs in the cup or something, it's a low chance. But you're going to bet on it because Saul made big ones. And but then kind of like what function has this token got? Oh, it's good technology. But is that technology actually good enough to be a currency? Does it hit the requirements? And it's usually no. And that Does it you do know that's what in the real world. Can can you for the for any single shitcoin have a look at what it says in whatever white paper or description and then mm. try and do that thing. And nearly every single one, I'd probably say 100% of them, you can't do the thing. Bitcoin's the only one. Bitcoin just says it's money. You can go, and it's censorship, it's censorship resistant, peer-to-peer, you can send it to anyone in the world whenever you want. Yeah, you can well, do most that. of them are built on top of Ethereum, aren't they? And as Saferdeen says, it's Ethereum is a mother arsehole of all shit coins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's where most of them come from, yeah. And uh, yeah, and... And obviously, the, the 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 one that's gone pop here is you know, one of the Ethereum challenges, which was the FTX token. Binance have got their own token. They're mm-hmm. all spewing out shit tons of shit coins beneath out of from their arseholes as well. And um, but this is one of the big mother ships has just gone up. It's it's dead. So we still got the big Binance one. You still got the big Ethereum one. But we know where they're going. They're they're going to implode. It's just it's not if it's when. But uh, do you want to move on to some Bitcoin news? Because it was... Um... Yes. Yeah. So it's last week. And obviously, because we weren't on air last week, we've got um, we've got a story about um, well, Happy Bitcoin White Paper Day and um, everyone's favourite Satoshi um, getting dunked on by Snowden. So um, I think, well, we've actually got a story after this, which goes through some of the more famous ones. But um, on what date was... Um, the Bitcoin white paper day. It's 31st of um, October. It's Halloween. Is, um, yeah. So Edward Snowden posted 14 years ago today, yet Satoshi remains anonymous. Remarkable. Dr. Craig S. Wright, I was never anonymous, you traitorous scum. And then Edward Snowden, that's a point, brother. Remember two weeks ago when the court affirmed that Hoddenault calling you a pathetic scammer? cringe clearly mentally ill and repeatedly a fraud was a-okay and all need to pay like three hundred forty-eight thousand two hundred fifty-seven dollars lamal welcome to law <laughs> <laughs> and that, that reply is so good because it's so mean especially that ending i don't know if you guys get that like lamal welcome to law because that was what craig wright used to say all the time to us bitcoiners he's like uh... i'm gonna sue you and it's going to be welcome to law. Like I'm going to say that when I beat you in court. And now he's losing in court. So everyone's just using his own line back at him going, <laughs> welcome to law, Craig. Fuck off. But it's just, he just set, he sets himself up every single time to get destroyed, doesn't he? Yeah. He, he, he was literally in court. I've watched some of his testimony. And he was saying, he was playing the victim like, oh, it affected me. I have autism. It affected my family. I was getting bullied online, da 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 da, and there's people going like reading his own tweets back at him, and it was like this: like I've never been anonymous, you traitorous scum. And they're like, "Is that polite? Isn't that the type of trolling that yeah. you're accusing Bitcoin Twitter of doing to you? Aren't you a troll, Craig Wright?" And he just goes, "No, no, I just do it oh. in response to when people attack me." And then you'll refer to some random tweet that was from four years ago. So we had um, a story on two weeks ago about Craig Wright and um, Hoddle Not 
and obviously what we could have done was with a bit more of a background from you because myself and Sir Neverlook being relatively new to the space haven't come across Craig Wright mm. too much but you know going into his comments here I was a never anonymous you traitorous scum <laughs> so he's calling Edward Snowden um, traitorous scum and you kind of go well Bitcoin is about decentralizing moving the money away from um, the government so the government doesn't have control so what did Edward Snowden did? He alerted the whole of the US and the world to how much surveillance the US were doing illegally to its people. So he was showing, um, well, he was in essence being a traitor to the government, but he was going to the people and actually showing his loyalty to who he was serving. So it's basically like, you know, if you invented Bitcoin with its principles, you would never call Edward Snowden a traitor. No, he's a whistleblower. Yeah. Yeah, he's exactly. the ultimate patriot. But when you're that much of a patriot that you embarrass the upper government, then they switch the tables on you and call you a traitor. So, yeah. so he's up to run. And yeah, and obviously you've got. I um, I literally only posted this because you sent this to me, and we needed the link last week. You sent this when I won for the pod, and it's just a whole massive image of Craig Wright's cell phones where he said one thing into arguments with various people on Twitter. And it looks like there's numerous people talking to Craig online, knowing what Satoshi's comments have been about certain topics, got Craig to talk about them on Twitter, have him disagree with them, <laughs> but they had the Satoshi argument and just been, and then just link Satoshi's quote straight after. And I think there's about 12 examples or eight examples yeah. here. There's things where... like he, he's saying, I am a lawyer in, when was it, 2010? <laughs> And um, and it says law degree obtained 2008. Then it goes back to Satoshi email in 2009 saying, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> it should be uh, just thinking for some people that might not be familiar with who Craig Wright is. This guy has claimed on multiple occasions that he is Satoshi Nakamoto and the uh, creator of Bitcoin. Uh, just in case you know you're tuning in to uh, our podcast for the first time, Bitcoin is new to you because um, me being me, I've been orange pilling everybody, and uh, hopefully we've got some new listeners as well as existing listeners. Nice. But it's nice. just Craig Wright. It's it's not just the fact that he is a scammer. It's also that he is well. He comes across very fucking stupid as well. Yeah. Like he's yeah, literally, definitely. you know, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's nine um, owns there where it's literally he's gone against what he's claiming to be. Things like the white paper, emails, etc., which all available all over the place online. And he's, um, yeah, he just seems like an absolute idiot. Yeah, And I've got the 10th one. The, the, the 10th one is the one that like it was before this, which is more detailed. But like he just basically, he pulled out. Right, this is years and years and years ago. He pulled out this old tattered copy of the white paper and it had like coffee stains on it and all sorts. <laughs> it looked like it was fucking 20 years old. And everyone's like, what? Like Bitcoin at the time was, I don't know. How, how, how old is Bitcoin now? 14 years, 2000. No, 13 years. It's going to be 14 in January. Yeah, that's the one. And then... um. So, yeah, so this is probably about five years ago. It's an old, tatty copy of the white paper. It looked 50 years old, this bit of paper. And you're like, well, it should be 10. And he, and he 
took photos of it and went, here it is. This is proof. And it had a date on it, 2007. And you go, oh, well, wow, 2007, like the white paper wasn't written to 2008. But obviously anyone can type a date on a paper, right? But mm. then we straight away, Adam Back had a comment straight below it. And it was, he looked at the white paper and it was the exact white paper that is being released now. And he went, Craig, Satoshi asked for my comments to that white paper. And I made some grammatical and tiny grammar and like spelling mistake alterations to that white paper. How <laughs> has your version from two years before got my comments in that I only made about two weeks before Satoshi put it live? And Craig's like, you're lying. You're a scammer. And he's like, well, I can, I'll show my version if you want. Cause I got the emails you did. Like, <laughs> and, and he said, and Adam was like, it isn't just my comments either. Satoshi sent it to about a dozen of us. We all made small <laughs> amends. Why have you got the final version two years ago? You should have the unedited, uncommented on version from two years ago. If that was really an original, uh, you just go, uh, uh, oh, shit. Like he, he literally printed it out and put some coffee on it and went, look, it's really old. It's like, we're, we're not in freaking high school, dude. What Primary is he? School. <laughs> trying to age, you know, trying to pretend it's from like yeah. 1066 and putting like yeah, rubbing yeah. it with coffee and coffee beans just... and stuff. Classic. You've not yeah, at this point, I can't. It's only because he's got these court cases that he's even slightly relevant again. He's yeah. kind of he kind of went for five years and has kind of come back again a little bit. But I was going to say, how is he going to come back from his court cases? Because it looks like he's getting decimated. He's got a rich daddy. He's got Calvin Air. It went off to do BSV with him. He's a billionaire, so he's getting funded by him. Okay. Yeah, let's not uh, talk about him too much, give him any more airtime than he actually deserves. Nah, from zero to hero. We've got Jack Mallers back on the pod. There we go. There we go. Let's talk about Jack. I've got a lot of time for Jack, but I don't really see much about him. Um, you know, he was quite prominent with the last Bitcoin event in Bitcoin 2021 when he talked about bringing Strike to the market. But I don't know. Um, I think he just know, disappears and gets on with it. Yeah. I think he is, yeah. he's just an innovator, isn't he? Yeah. Like he's looking at what he can take to the next stage. And when he comes back, he doesn't talk about it. He goes and does it, comes back mm. and goes, look what I've done. And everyone goes, fuck me. How old are you? 27. Yeah. <laughs> when I was 27. Again, right? you, haven't, you haven't heard from him for a year. And look what he's done now. He's gone and integrated strike directly into twitter he was talking about this on one of one of the events because this isn't um correct me if i'm wrong but this isn't so much doing it across twitter it's doing it across a webcam and then uh, doing no, an instant for a webcam no it's just yeah, he's doing it on twitter spaces isn't it so is someone holding up to um no he's tipping he's tipping someone isn't he I think you've got, um, I'm sure in the video, he tipped someone. Oh, yeah, I'm wrong. Sorry. Yeah, but yeah, he's integrated Strike into Twitter. Oh, I mean, um, I mean they're, on a, they're on a Zoom call or something. Or in space, yeah, so I, miss, I mistook one of the screens at the end. Um, so on this, he's using the Bitcoin network in order to do a cash remittance um, with El Salvador, isn't he? Yeah, what what's really unique about it really is the fact that it is 
a non-custodial wallet as well at both ends. He isn't doing a Bitcoin transaction within Twitter. He has his Moon wallet, which is hosted by his own Lightning node that will be probably just sat behind him. He's sending that through the Twitter network to a user user on Twitter. It's then going through Twitter onto their Moon wallet, which is non-custodial as well in El Salvador. So you have just moved what he moved $10, but he could have moved 10 cents. He could have moved one cent because it's lightning's obviously the virtually free for transactions. It went real time, hundred percent settlement. And you didn't need to know any internet addresses. There was no invoices. Twitter did the hard heavy lifting in the middle. They just gave us, you know, when you go to tip a person on Twitter, it comes up with a few options. You type in how much Bitcoin you want to send. You just bash it and it went. As we were saying before about uncensorship, like, you know, essentially yeah. existing peer-to-peer money. And we're talking, but then always the problem has been usability. You know, mm. trying to get your wallet out there. How do you accept a lightning transaction? You have to kind of copy and paste a, a long um, invoice or get a QR code out there. Now you can do it on lightning super easy um, or do it on Twitter just through this. And uh, obviously people like Jack, and the, the reason why that works in the background is the person doing the heavy lifting and making Twitter look so good. It's Strike. It's his company. He was, didn't he show something along these lines at one of um, well, the Bitcoin events because he was launching he into certain stores, basically move yeah. away from Visa because Visa, oh, what is it? Like a credit card you're being charged. What is it? It was like 3% of... I want to say it's more for a credit card. and I want to say for a debit card, it's like 3%. But anyway, yeah, you know, well, with Visa and MasterCard, you're charged, or the merchant is charged a percentage each time that the consumer makes a purchase. But he integrated it into the POS system. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, base, but even with a debit card, you're being charged a percentage, just not as high as a credit card. Mm. Um, and it's eliminating that and then in this use case it's eliminating people like Western Union so Western Union they charge is it 20-30% or something for overseas yeah, remittances 20%. yeah yeah absolutely which is and, um, if again I think we said it when we uh, were looking back at the Bitcoin 2021 uh, Miami event that the Western Unions and the, uh, the moneygrams of this world if they don't fall and collapse into Bitcoin in some way, shape, or form, they're going to be redundant, and they are going to be the blockbusters of the cryptocurrency worlds because they could see it coming and they could adapt it because they've got their user base right now. So they could either partner with um, a firm of some sort or equally lower their fees and then adopt the technology, but they haven't. Uh, just going back to what you were saying as well, with Jack Mauler's integrating Strike into Twitter, that's now given him a customer base of just under 400 million users, just like that. But I suppose this is my question with the Strike technology. He doesn't seem to be charging anything. No, he's not. So at some point, he's got to start charging. It doesn't have to be massive, but, you know, let's say Visa charge, what is it, you know, 5% for a credit card? and mm. What is it, 2% or 3% for um, a debit card? And let's say, 
with his costs being negligible, he could charge like 0.1% people would be happy. Yeah. Well, I guess, first of all, you've got to remember that this is groundbreaking technology because the uh, Visa and the MasterCard network is really, really old. (laughs) You know, like we're talking 1970s technology that hasn't changed because they had a monopoly. Um, I remember reading about it. And so the fact that there is a new competitor in town that can do it faster and cheaper you never know. the The play may be that they buy it, so that they continue to stay relevant, and therefore he doesn't need to charge anything because he'll just take the back end money from the sale of it. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, I, I do agree. Though I think it's, I, I think I agree with his overall thesis that there's no, there's no point trying to build a business model around whatever percent on the fees because the fees is going to trend to zero it's going to be a building the business model around something else in bitcoin because the fees are going to be zero we, we use lightning so you know it's eventually everyone's going to be have a lightning wallet and everyone's going to transact everyone's going to be connected and all the middlemen are going to be largely gone anyway but he does mm. at the moment he's surviving off bc funding because jack is probably the most investable guy in bitcoin by a long distance all the VCs and there's a lot of Bitcoiners just throwing money at him going, I want to be part of this journey because you're yeah. clearly a legend. So um, he's not worried about profit whatsoever, but I would like him to also. But I think at the moment, I think he's just going, you know what, first 10 years, build out the infrastructure. Maybe next 10, start looking for a, for a business model. And uh, he's got the luxury to do that because he's such a compelling and a kind of charismatic guy and clearly works very hard to execute on these types of things. So. We got another innovation coming up. We Bolt do. 12. It's... Yeah. Bucks Bolt I've never 12. come across this, by the way. Uh, no, I didn't, unless whoever put this in the notes, that, that's how I saw this. It was me. So I've, yeah. well, I've been trying to read more and more about Lightning to understand some of the nuances and technicalities of Lightning. Um, and I saw this in my feed. So it, it got my interest. Because we're on Bolt 11 at the moment. So Bolt 11 is invoices can only be used once. They can be used to request payments rather than offer a payment. Whereas Bolt 12, it's reusable invoices. So examples being subscriptions, um, charity pages, and you can also offer a payment um, for it as well. So it's a bit of an upgrade. So you've got the, it's not only like a one one way street now. It's multiple, so you can use it for different purposes. And I'm guessing you purpose the payment, but I don't really know the detail on this one. I think it's worthwhile going through or just picking out the key things off the thread because I was reading the thread and just you know the basic of basics of what Bolt is, which is basis of lightning technology, B O L T, and. Um, And for those, again, that aren't familiar with what the Lightning Network is, it's the the killer app that you're going to say to anybody that tries to tell you that Bitcoin can't scale. Because guess what, motherfuckers, it's here. (laughs) And it has been here since around 2017. It's talk, the best way to talk about Lightning is looking at the gold standard when you had um, 
gold-backed pieces of paper. So gold was not moved in the vault. The paper was used as IOU. And it's the same with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a bit too chunky to move on every single transaction. So they invented the Lightning Network, which was always the intention from the, from the start. Um, and it's basically a Visa network. So your gold is in the vault, being your Bitcoin, and Lightning is your Visa, which can move around loads of transactions. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's improving the capabilities of Lightning. So moving it from being just, you can, um, rather than just offer a payment, you can request payment, sorry, you can offer a payment rather than just request a payment and you can do subscriptions, ATMs, um, private refunds, charity pages and everything else. So it's adding in all the options to make it a more flexible payments network. Yeah. This this is, this is everything that all the shit coiners said was impossible to do on Bitcoin. This is what they said you needed smart contracts to do. They, they said that the Bitcoin network was too simple. You could just send and receive. You couldn't do a smart contract. Like, oh, I'm going to pay you a thousand sats, but I want that to occur every month. Or maybe I send you 20,000 sats and then the next six months you send me 10,000. Whatever kind of deal you set up. And the shitcoiner's argument is always you need Ethereum to do that because you can code that type of stuff into Ethereum. You can write a smart contract. They can do whatever you want. The complexity is all down to you. And all Bitcoin is when you do not put that in the core protocol layer. It will bloat it, make it too complicated, put too much risk in for hacking, for something to go wrong. The core protocol layer needs to be simple. It needs to be Bitcoin. As Satoshi wrote it, leave it the fuck alone. <laughs> layer two is where we scale it and build in all these other financial tips and tricks. And this is what Lightning's now doing. It's removed all the fees, it's put all the scalability up through the roof. And now we're getting things like subscriptions and what's also good on it, refunds, like chargebacks. You can actually, mm. and this is all the stuff that they went, you can't do it on Bitcoin. You can't give a refund in Bitcoin. But no, you can't on the base layer, not very easily. No, it has to be another transaction and you have to find out their address and maybe you're invading their privacy by asking for where their address is. Oh, it's all hard, all fees. Moan, moan, moan. You're like, wait wait layer two and lightning will fix this stuff we're just not there yet because fucking early and in reality we don't even need it because people aren't using lightning at scale yet we're still in mm. the hoarding stage people should be stacking sats not necessarily spending sats too so often right now ju- just yeah. to talk about ethereum so using ethereum as a comparison there mm. so with ethereum they can code in the various different uses um what's the gas are the gas fees still exceptionally high on ethereum <laughs> yeah so it's still yeah. a nothing. Yeah, it's yeah. There's not unless you probably go down on a really random shitcoin that no one uses. They couldn't compete on fees. And if you're going to go use this really random shitcoin, good luck getting someone to exchange that shitcoin with you. You know, so Bitcoin obviously has the advantage of not only is it the most well-known asset that's the most likely for you to get an exchange partner to do the deal with, it's also the cheapest and fastest and most secure. But, it's so before the only excuse was you can't do this with bitcoin unless you set up almost like your own you could write a little bot to do this yourself you could write a little bot to go oh if i want to send you a subscription i will code it myself to send you 10 pounds of bitcoin say every month 
but you can't make me. And that's the problem. Yeah, you yeah. can't send me the contracts, what I agree to. This changes that now. This allows you as a business to go, I want to send out a lot of £10 a month contracts to people to sign up for my service. And they just click a button and then I take £10 of Bitcoin every month from them. This 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 enables that now. Because before weird, you couldn't, just... no one could take from a wallet. You'd need yeah. the person with the keys. This kind of goes, I'm going to give kind of almost like leave the door slightly open. Yeah. And that £10 a month is allowed to be taken. So to be fair, this actually does open up security risk because who knows, could someone hack that smart contract and go, oh, it's not. I'm not going to take a tenner. I'm going to take 10 million. And who how knows? do you stop that? Yeah, well, we don't be first to use this. <laughs> it Correct. Would be, that would be my advice because as we see yeah. on the shit coins, every time they've written a smart contract like this, someone has figured out a way to get a random like way of paying ten pounds here, there, everywhere, and they all end up in his pot. So this is what, and this is why you don't do it on the base layer; you do it in Lightning. So if we do, if if Bolt Twelve say has a big bug in it, and subscriptions end up losing all the money in Lightning, it's just people's play money and Lightning that got got taken, isn't it? The base layer is not hacked; nothing went wrong here. Everyone's life savings are still good. We made a mistake up here. Yeah, you can correct it and go again. But in shitcoin land, they do this on the base layer in Ethereum, which is why we're, you know, an example is the DAO, right? They had some weird thing where everyone paid into the DAO. Um, you could submit projects, and if you got voted enough, you would get paid out of the DAO to fund your project. But someone managed to gain that where they got all the projects to fund their project, and then they just took the money out out the side. So that was that's an example of a smart contract going completely wrong. And obviously they roll back the chain, had to to do a load of stuff there. So this is obviously worst case scenario for Bolt 12, but it's it's a very real risk. If this was happening on the base layer of Bitcoin, I would be terrified. And I would be mm. and Bitcoin Twitter would be alive with fuck no. <laughs> like there would be no chance that Bitcoin would let this go live on the base base chain. But in Lightning, that's the place to experiment. Anyone who wants to use Bolt 12, go use it. Go use it for a subscription and and it probably were problems in the early days, but it'll, they'll get ironed out and subscriptions will just start ticking over using Lightning and it'll be... It'll so be... is this kind of thing for like OnlyFans? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a subscription service. What I think is um, key, and it's hard for people to wrap their heads around, is the fact is we are so new into this space and people expect everything to be all ironed out and to be pretty and working whereas you know as we said it's only 13 years old yet the the technology hasn't changed and it's working and it's doing its thing over here but as we've seen exchanges are making mistakes in real time and the people are experiencing these this as well. The Lightning Network isn't fully up and running and ready to mass scale and mass adoption yet. We are still finding out new ways in which we can use the technology for benefit to everybody. So there's so much more to come, but everybody expects it to be already ready and pretty like the the Apples or the the IBMs and the Microsofts and the the Metas of this world, which deliver 
you know, utility to us each and every day and we use it seamlessly. It's not there just yet, peeps. Yeah, we, we are building like literally the entire financial system again. So yeah, it's, in uh, real time. So Satoshi invented the money, but then all the application layers that need to get, like, it's, it's like the whole final mile problem, isn't it? Uh, mm. To get it into the hands of every single person for every single use case, it's tough. Right? That's, that's what's going to take literally decades to get done. But already, you know, in the... In the time I've been in Bitcoin, it is already crazily easier. You know, literally, I I, I know I bore people probably even saying it, but when I was sending money to Estonia, looking, it's disappearing for two weeks, popping up, <laughs> buying some yeah. Bitcoin, sending it to my ledger, and it taking three days to process. Now I could fire up an app on my phone, deposit, buy, send, have it all done within five minutes, and it's just a piece of piss. And there's a yeah. million books to read, a million great YouTube channels, a million great podcasts. None of this existed six years ago. So the progress we've made is huge. And then you know, people like Jack Maller's doing loads. You've got Jack Dorsey doing loads. You've got this Bolt 12 thing going along. It's only going to keep going. Uh, it's just people don't know how lucky they've got it. Like, they, they might think it's still difficult now, but this is the best it's ever been in Bitcoin. It's, yeah, it's yeah. I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a I, I hope somebody is recording all of this as well because that is quite um I don't know it's quite pleasing to me the nostalgia because I was in the similar position as you um you know sending money to Estonia thinking oh fuck what's crazy Mr. Rowling told me to go and do and I've done it <laughs> because I'm like oh come on then he, he sounds he sounds like he knows what he's saying but yeah. ultimately um yeah I think it would be it would make such a good documentary or uh, again a, a really good book of the real hardships of where we've come from in the timeline in Bitcoin of what needed to be done and all of these i will call them fuck-ups of the mount goxes and the uh all the shit coins all the distractions well, yeah exactly all the, the, all the, FUD of from a, the FUD from the government you know you've got a yep. massive timeline it would be quite interesting if someone did document all that and brought it together because yeah. it's there it's there in bits across numerous different books and and it's all, as you say, a distraction because ultimately we know that it it's not going to harm it, and it hasn't harmed it. But yet people still try, nonetheless, to well, it's oh, died maybe we'll bring in this regulation. Yeah, Bitcoin has died about twelve times. It's just like the Undertaker; it keeps on coming back. Yeah. Oh man, I think Bitcoin has died three hundred and eighty odd times. There's a website <laughs> that ca- that stores every time bitcoin dies i think it is <laughs> it's bitcoin no i think just type in how many times a bitcoin died because there's, there's always an article about once a week yeah 400 plus 464 times bitcoin has died oh brilliant yeah brilliant is it up there with the u.s debt clock <laughs> it should be yeah um, the latest one was October 19th. Okay. People what happened still, on October 19th? Yeah, people still in crypto are like kamikaze. And then the oldest <laughs> death is <laughs> 2009. 
2010, December 15th, 2010, why Bitcoin can't be a currency. So oh, it, first, it first died in 2010. And then <laughs> the most recent death was about a month ago, October 19th. <laughs> and 460 odd in between. Yeah. Yeah. And in reality, like every single one of these things, all it does really, it's like um, it's like any good kind of like, almost like training for a fight. It's just it's just learning. Everything is just the uh, oh, I didn't know I was weak in that area. So you train that area, right? It's just and you become an all round like better fighter because you've you've had every single weakness tested. You're not just in this nice bubble where you think you're freaking Tyson Fury, but you never had a fucking fight. You've never had a sparring session. You go out and you fight the local guy and you get plastered. You go, what the fuck happened there? <laughs> you know, it's because you've never come out of your comfort zone. You're surrounded by yes men. Bitcoin has been out there fighting heavyweights since day one. And no yeah. one could really defend it other than the miners and Bitcoiners. But there was none of them at the beginning. And now there's hundreds of thousands, probably millions, I would guess right now. And we're all just there running a node holding Bitcoin, converting fear into Bitcoin, and we're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And every single attack, the attacks keep getting bigger. We know like the big bear moth is going to be the US dollar. That's going to be our Tyson Fury. The final boss. Unification of all the belts. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the one. And uh, we're going to need, we, we might lose that fight right now. So we need a few Bill Bitcoiners. That's why we're here, trying to get some more Bitcoiners to convert. Hey, we're some. working our way yeah. through the rankings. On that one, yeah, I'm going. I'm going through the world's longest orange pilling with a socialist at the moment, um, which must be about a good year in now. Good luck and with that. He mess. He messaged me about FTT token drop through the floor, and I said, "Um, yeah, they've gone broke and they've been bought by Binance. Bitcoin keeps dropping as, as well." I said, "Well, it looks like Binance has sold some to raise collateral." It's dropped 2K today, hasn't it? Almost straight one point. Yeah, it'll be Binance plus people cashing out of FTX just in case. When is it meant to rebound, blah, blah, blah? I said it tends to trend in four years. It's never been for a recession till now. But the most recent halving didn't cause an increase, did it? I said it boomed. <laughs> I don't think he understands what uh, what a what a halving is. So, um, yeah. Yeah, but... I will eventually orange pill him. It's just going to take time. Yeah, I hate to say it, but like, I know you said it's the longest orange pulling of all time. But man, like for me to get you guys in, it, it probably took three years. I was going to say you didn't even succeed. It was because I like some memes on Sa Saferdeen. Well, I know. I, I'm still counting that. I know you don't want to count it, but I tried, <laughs> I tried for a year and then just went, okay, I'm not even going to say it now, but you know every question you ask me is buy Bitcoin, but then I'll just answer. And the buy Bitcoin bit is just already said. I just agreed to not be the fucking Bitcoin bro because does, does it pain you that you didn't even get so never looking? No, I uh, well it it pains him. I would imagine like not it doesn't pain me. I'm sure it pains you. I was doing it from the goodness of my heart. I didn't give a fuck whether you in were or not. Really, I was just trying to spread the word, and you guys were resisting me. It pains me because I look back <laughs> and I just think like, um, yeah, he, he's lost his mind. Everything that he says, what day of the week is it? Just buy Bitcoin. <laughs> like, like, literally like, uh, 
you want to go for food this evening? Just buy Bitcoin. <laughs> like every every response was just buy Bitcoin. But it's so, it's yeah. it's not until you've got a number of the anchors can you truly comprehend Bitcoin. Correct. And I think it's if you're missing one of these anchors, you just don't get it. It, it's it could just be it could be truly understanding money and inflation which was literally what i was missing i knew all the bitcoin bits but i i went oh it's really cool it's a good technology literally i was like that woman on the stage at um the amsterdam bitcoin um conference yeah it's a good technology i knew some of the talking points but i didn't understand the money part and the inflation yeah. bit. i just knew also that as well I would say maybe I was more resistant because the times that he was the same, just by Bitcoin, I was just like, no, I'm just rebelling against it in a way. So even though it was trying to tell me for the good, from the goodness of your heart, to be like, yeah, I'm I'm actually trying to help you, that inadvertently was just like a... uh, just like a parent to a child, mm. you're trying to help them and they're rebelling and doing the, the complete opposite. Yeah, I'm yeah. just, I just tell everyone about inflation and about money. Literally, I don't even talk about Bitcoin to them. Like I remember I was talking <laughs> to someone, it was like um, another dad at um, a soft play and literally it was just talking about the state of money. I didn't even go on to Bitcoin. I talked about the need for a sound money. And never brought up Bitcoin, but then he's trying to argue that we didn't need to sell money and that inflation was good for growth. And it's just like, I was just kind of going, I ripped every part, point apart with his, but it's just, you know, he didn't understand the basics and he just took well, the government line. Yeah, but the problem like is, I said, go, go, go on. Obviously, like you guys, like we were literally in investment chats. Like we, we were, we knew each other for a decade. We trusted each other. We followed each other on various financial decisions. Yeah. Then when Bitcoin came along, you guys just you went nah. You went nah. <laughs> you've gone too far on this one. He's gone too far. He's gone too far. And, and I and obviously I've done. I've got the receipts, haven't I? I've given you it. Well, I didn't just go number go up where like I, I wasn't just a moon boy. I was going. Money is broken. This is the answer. Please convert because this is going to the moon and your fear is going to zero. Like you need to. But I think it just comes across as. Oh, you've already got. You've already made the decision. So you're just trying to justify to us that you've made the right decision, and you want us to come in after because now it's already gone up thirty percent, and you want us to buy your bags. And it's the ego I think starts to come in, and and I think, oh, and how did you figure this out first as well? Like I've looked at Bitcoin before, and I dismissed it, and I was right when I dismissed it. So I'm not looking at it again. And I think there's so much of that. There's so much of that ego in there and I, at the moment now i still have no clue really how to orange pull someone i used to, i've gone through various different kind of thoughts processes on all this i think everyone is so different i think the fiat propaganda is so fucking strong that mm. almost the more people understand about money i've realized i've got some accountant type of like dads and friends and kind of um, father-in-laws and it's just they're the toughest because they think they really understand money yeah, and, but they and, don't. and like inflation. And you're like, oh, you're really fucked. Because I've got to take you back 20 spots. Just yes, to zero. You've got to go, yeah. A lot of people yeah, are on yeah. zero going, inflation's fine, right? Two or 3% inflation's yeah. fine, right? And you've got to go, no, it's not. Why do you agree to have 3% of your money stolen every year by the government? You go, what? That oh, we are. You didn't like that, did you? Because that's what's happening. And then you can kind of start walking them back from zero closer to Bitcoin. But it 
I genuinely think no matter who you're trying to orange pill, it takes years. I it takes I've, I've got years. a tactic that I'm about to uh, to uh, proceed with. So my mum had an um, basically not a not an emergency, but she said there was something wrong with a car and uh, it's cost her like six hundred quid. So she paid it, but I said, "Oh, do you know what? Don't worry, I'll give you the money for it." So she was just like, no, 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 you don't need to do that. But I said, no, no, here's, here's the money. And she said, right, okay, well, if I take the money from you, obviously I'll give it you back. So I'm going to buy her Bitcoin with it. And then, but I'm buying her a ledger with Bitcoin and then doing it that way. And then watching and then letting her watch the money go up, especially also, in a time right now. It's by get her a ledger. And it's like wrapped up in a nice little box, the ledger and the Bitcoin yep. standard. Oof. 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 <laughs> Oof. You're right. You're right. I like that. Okay. So, yeah, I'll, I'll put that on there as well. Yeah. So, be careful um, about giving people ledgers so that they don't know what they're doing. I Obviously, I've done that one as well, but I wouldn't count that as orange pelling until they are a Bitcoiner, right? Like, so, mm. I, I think it's nice to do that to friends and family, start stacking for them, and then let them see the fruits of their labor but i still think yeah. it's gonna take them years to really go what is this thing why is that one going up why is this one going down will they just lose it yeah with with ledgers i definitely yeah taking custody is only good if they know what the fuck they're doing and <laughs> yeah if they, they they'll literally they'll just throw they'll leave that usb on their desk and they'll throw it out they'll think it's an old usb with a from work with a file in it and they won't know that those sats that you worked hard and gave them, they just throw it away or they'll leave their 24 words lying around. It's very dangerous. If you're going to do it to someone that isn't fully orange-pilled yet and doesn't know what they're doing, hold that ledger for them and go, mm. show it to them and show it them working and go, you can look after this if you want. And Thomas, if you do give it to them, make sure you don't leave the 24 words with them and you you take them. Um, yeah, and, you and you could literally give them the Bitcoin address and say, I'm going to hold this ledger so you don't lose it. I know where to keep it safe, but I'm going to keep this. And it's got, I put this amount, it's on this address. Um, and this is a Bitcoin value. We can go on block folio and just, just go and block folio and just add a fake amount of Bitcoin in there. Just add the sats into block folio because yeah. you don't need the Bitcoin doesn't have to be behind it, does it? You know, you just add no. a fake, you add a fake balance, but um, but just so you know, they won't check it, just so you know. I've done this numerous times. The, I've done this, this is what I was going to ask, actually, because I know you. Yeah, you've done this, right? Various aunties, uncles, cousins, da 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 da. And years later, I go, "How's your Bitcoin doing?" Because I'm holding it for them anyway. I fucking know. They're like, "Oh, oh, I changed phones, and I didn't know what that portfolio app was. What? I don't know how. I, how am I doing?" I'm like, "You got two grand in there, dickhead." I'm like, have I? I'm like, yeah. Do you want it? Oh yeah, but well, you can't. No, I'm gonna. You need to hold it from five <laughs> You can't have it. Not till we're on a Bitcoin standard. The, 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 the test was you needed to at least be in the ballpark. <laughs> like you, you haven't got the Blockfolio app on your phone anymore. It's only mm. been two years. How the fuck? You changed your phone once and that app didn't make the cut. They auto copy over your cunt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so annoying. But like you say, you know. This is a suggestion to all of the listeners and watchers. How are you successfully orange pilling 
your friends and family. So last week, as you know, I was, um, for those in the know, I hosted as part of work, the Missing Crypto Queen event. And I managed to get a signed copy from Jamie Bartlett in terms of the book. And uh, crazy story, but for those in the know, Dr. Ruja Ignatova created what was supposed to be the killer app to Bitcoin, which was the OneCoin. Turns out this was a $4 billion Ponzi scheme lands her as the 11th woman only on the FBI's top 10 wanted list. We believe now that the Bulgarian mafia was involved. And so she may have obviously came up with the scheme, but then they've muscled their way in and said, right, well, we want a piece of this and we're going to protect you. So naturally, uh, she had no recourse to potentially uh, say no to this, and it is where it is. But the point of where I'm going with all of this is that the, obviously things can get out of hand, but it could easily be adopted by others as well uh, without them necessarily without them actually necessarily knowing as well. Uh, how many people do you reckon you underpilled on that day? Uh, about, <laughs> it depends, because I probably came across as quite crazy, because it depends on where they are yeah. with, their, with their journey, because I was pretty toxic. Yeah, I, I think in reality, I, I reckon in reality, you'd have, you'd have orange pulled zero. But what you have done is I think it probably takes, you know, you know I think I've said before, like in, in marketing terms, it, it takes 12 interactions mm. with a product until you buy. I think for a Bitcoin orange pill, it might be 100. Now, genuinely, I really think you need to actually come across Bitcoin 100 times and dismiss it 99 until you <laughs> finally fucking concede. So what you did there for the 100, 200, 300 people that came up, yeah. you were one of those times. So they're one step closer. So yeah. who knows, maybe some of them were on 99 and that was the final one and it tipped them over and now they're a Bitcoiner. But for a lot of them, they'd have been on five to 10 to 15 and they're still, mm. they've still got too many questions. They, they still think they're smarter than all the Bitcoiners. They like, no, sure. I'm smarter than you. you. You guys don't get money. I do. I, that's why I've got my stocks and shares and my pension and my fucking sit. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> um, so you're saying it's 100 interactions. I still think it's those anchors and I still think it's cutting off specific things. It's understanding um, Bitcoin. It's understanding money and it's understanding the history of money. And it's also that final one, which is the realization that this time it is not different. <laughs> that oh, yeah, is yeah, like the key the, one. That is literally, it's, it's all the... in. And you're going, shit, this has happened. And this is no different. They're just doing it a different way. Yeah. And don't forget, you've also then got to um, shake off all of the FUD that is out there as well. So there's a lot of things that people need to go through within order just to get their yeah. first coin or well, is it not even coin just just part of a bitcoin yeah 
That's why I just think that the 100 interactions is roughly as like the first 10, mm. you just dismiss it. It just bounces off you. Then the next 10 might be, but is it real money? Like, can you spend it or something? And then you realize, oh, you can. And then the next 10, you're going to be going, well, I, if inflation's fine. And then maybe you, you realize it's not. And then you go, well, what about gold? Oh, mm. but isn't it, doesn't it boil the oceans? Oh, no, it doesn't. But isn't it just, doesn't it just fund terrorism? Oh, no, it doesn't. And mm. eventually all your kind of your your pushback is just taken down layer by layer by layer. And by the time you get to the, the hundred interaction, you're out of fucking questions. You go in, yeah. oh, it it's proven itself to me now. And yeah. a bit, well, I, I do think some people, though, I, I'm still then a bit of a Morpheus in the Matrix where some people aren't ever go wait, ready to wake up. They like their cushy life in the state <laughs> clown world where wokeism is real you can work at home and do no work and just have food turn up at your door and just think you're suffering with mental health and if 80 percent of the planet are doing that then the world can carry on like, it can't like that's the world they want to live in but there's there's a portion of people that don't they want to get up do a good day's work earn a good living and they know that you need to burn fossil fuels. You need to do farming. You need to build industry. Humans need to use energy to create a world. And we just want to build families, citadels, look after our children, grow up, have fun. Like we we want to get involved. And, and eat lots of beef. Eat all the fucking beef. I had such a nice steak today. Oh, fucking <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and that's, gonna... that's where we are. So I, I was thinking, but some people aren't ready though. Some people want. Literally, you could pull them out of their pod and they'll go, no, put me back in. And they'll splash back down and shove the freaking thing back in their arm and go back in the matrix. You're like, yeah, you're you're just going to die in the fiat world. Fine. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. I think on my current one, I've absolutely destroyed his view of fiat. I, I don't think he ever appreciated the current state. And I've just rattled on and on and on about it. So everything which he says, you know, like about this party will do that or this or this. It always relates back to fear with my answer and the problems of it. It's not about Bitcoin. It's just always about the problems and the fact that it's probably caused by inflation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he is acknowledging the fact that money is not good. Yeah, I must hurt as a socialist who wants to give it all to government to do even more. Yeah, I've heard the mention of a UBI for a while. Anyway, um, um, we've we got massive... let's get back. Yeah, we went on a huge tangent in but, but it's all good. Uh, it's all about Bitcoin. So yeah, the next one true. we're talking about Silk Road, which really is way before our time. So yeah, um, five fifty-one thousand six hundred seventy-six Bitcoin seized in relation to Silk Road. So obviously in um, America land, but. This isn't one which I know too too much about, and I've I've had a read about on these articles. So, but I can't see who James Zong is and how he's involved. From what I understand, is he found a flaw in the system of Silk Road and created numerous refunds on money which he didn't put in, and he's ended up with a horrendous amount of Bitcoin which he's hodled for um, the last ten or so years. Mm. Yeah, I, I think he, he did actually earn just a lot of this through selling drugs on Silk Road. But then, yeah, he did also do a bit of scamming on Silk Road. And obviously, um, 
these huge wallets that were attached to Silk Road have been watched very, very closely. So anyone that had a lot of Bitcoin in there would have been terrified to ever use them because they mm. would have gone the way of... Um, oh, God, what's his name now? The founder. Ross of, Albright. Ross Albright, that's it. Yeah. Uh, who you know, basically got kingpin charges against him and is in prison for like 400 years. Uh, so, um, and Maxwell yeah. got 17. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just shows, doesn't it? You know, be a paedophile, 17 years, go after the money, 400. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I think yeah, I think he was, he, he is just, in reality, this guy's probably just quite a low-level drug criminal, really. Um, but it just so happens he was doing drug deals on Silk Road back in 2012, 2011, 2013 when Bitcoin was a fraction of the price it is now. So he's yeah. ended up having $3.3 billion worth of Bitcoin. What, what I don't uh, understand is what's he still doing in the US? Um, I know, he's very silly. You know, if you got $3 billion, get a bit of money out, pay people off, new identities, deaths, whatever else, yeah. move to the other side of the world, have plastic surgery, and just live the life of a G. I know it doesn't say there's no detail in this. So ideally what we'd have is a bit more detail because I would imagine he probably did leave and it wouldn't surprise me if they tricked him to come back or who knows, because they're, they're very smart when they do this stuff. And I would or imagine they just snatched him from somewhere. Yeah. He, he might've just gone and flown through a jurisdiction or done something. Cause obviously we know the, how they got um, Ross and they, they, um, basically uh, infiltrated his ad one of his tech admin and he got him to text him saying there was a problem with Silk Road and it was down. He then rushed to the library where they were all waiting. The second he opened his laptop, two FBI agents, a male and a female, pretended to have a domestic altercation. He turned around and then someone else grabbed his laptop off and then they arrested him. And he was logged in as Dread Pirate Roberts in, in Silk Road, who is the the top level admin and he was he was sunk so yeah. they're very smart these guys especially when they're going after the big boys so there probably will be a film about how they caught james zong at some point i can't imagine it's taken him 10 years right if not longer to get this yeah. guy so he hasn't just been sat and being lazy he probably did leave the country probably and they probably managed to track him down they followed him around for years and then they've managed to hatch him into a into a trap and then they've sprung it and now they've and what seems to be and this isn't this isn't clear in the article they say they've seized this fifty thousand bitcoin and what do they mean by that uh, as in does this guy have access to this so now he no longer has access so they legally have access to it well reading about it they got access and they've had him for a year or so and he cracked at some point when they saw the um, Bitcoin move off the wallet. So people were looking into this one. So he said that there was a day, I don't know what the date was, where it actually moved off the wallet to a federal wallet. Oh, wow. So they actually have seized it properly. Yeah, so they had him in prison, probably tortured him, and then Quite offered him some deal and he took it. Yeah, that'll be it. All in exchange day long. for $3.3 billion. Oh man, if only if I really hope he's put a couple of thousand Bitcoin in a couple of other wallets and that was just he's lost yeah. the big one, but he's still yeah. got 
somewhere. He's got 100 milli somewhere else, but I'm sure he's still going to get the book thrown at him, even though he's given them the Bitcoin. That's the problem. That's the thing, yeah. No matter what, because they've caught him, he's not going to get out of it. So he'll never still see the couple thousand Bitcoin that he may have, you know, split from the main stack. It'll be more than um, 17 years. Yeah. It's a shame. <laughs> but that also reminds me of like the whole, again, going back to the Dr. Ruja missing crypto queen woman. I think they know and they just, they're happy to watch and understand the movements of somebody and just wait because they want to build up a case so watertight that the individual cannot get out of it once they do decide to pounce. Yeah, the, the problem is we live in such a surveillance world right now. You know, if, unless you're living 100% on Bitcoin and using Lightning transactions, but the second you go into the financial world and have packages sent to your address or whatever, mm-hmm. like it's just IP addresses, phone numbers. It's just there's so much information they'd ever had around that still, those Silk Road interactions. Yeah. They just waited for someone to trip up into one of them. And then the second you do, bang, they're like, let's go follow this guy. And then yeah. they just started building a case and gone, yeah, it's him. It's just that we live in such a surveillance land where if the if the powers that be target you for a crime that you did commit, they 100% will get you if they can be bothered. Yes, 100%. The only 100%. Time they don't get you is because they, they can't be bothered. It's not worth their time. But that this guy... Bribes. What's that? That and bribes. Oh, that and yeah, yeah. or connections. Yeah, yeah bribes, bribes, connections. Because I feel like you know, you, you can you just imagine it, can't you? There will be certain people that will continue to protect you for the, for a price, and you can continue going about your average daily business without doing so, but that price will continue to rise and you'll continue to have to feed the wolves until the wolves just, you know, continue to eat you alive, essentially, and you have to capitulate. But either way, you, you're stuck. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Come on, then. Should we move on to your you guys' pet topic, AML and KYC? Hey! <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. So this is a... A nice little video from from two guys. It's um Eric and um weirdly the CEO of FTX and um, Sam mm. Bankman Freed. And um for pro regulation, it is Sam, the CEO, and anti-regulation it is Eric. And um his proposition is should we have KYC and AML for email? Because you can absolutely talk to terrorists, you can plan terrorist attacks. All through email. So I'm going to throw that question out to you guys. Isn't it funny how you had this so uh, lined up as a clip last week and then the comments, and I'll read for those that haven't or don't necessarily read the show notes. First of all, it says, wait till the end. But hashtag FTXEO has lost the plot, in my opinion. This guy does not deserve what crypto has to offer. I'd be very careful about anything this guy touches he should not do interviews either now 
did we potentially stumble across, uh, you know, essentially... Uh, <laughs> Pre-warning. <laughs> Pre-warning, yeah. Well, I did think when I watched this, because obviously Sam is... Uh... He's been donating to political parties. He seems mm. very pro-regulation. I honestly thought he was a government plant. I thought he was someone that was trying to take over crypto and make it into the fa- the old financial world, which is just the same the same rails, technically using a blockchain. But he was, it was a matter of time until FTX started pushing CBDCs and, and all that. And I genuinely thought, because watching this interview, he, he clearly is very, very pro- regulation but then when he's confronted with okay all the things that they say you can do with money you can do with email you can you can organize various terrorist plots you can organize pedophilia you can spread hate you can do whatever you want on email but we don't kyc and aml everyone that does email and he's like absolutely not that is a it's an infringement on our freedoms and da 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 and then he just goes well why doesn't that apply <clears throat> to financial transactions then? Yeah. And I'll play the clip from there. Why yeah. does that not apply to financial transactions? So, um, why does it not apply to financial transactions? Um, I think there are two things here. So, one thing. You heard that, right? I don't really just heard the music. I don't know if it was just me. Oh, right. it might have been a bit quiet. But basically, he didn't have an answer, and then it played the Kirby Enthusiasm music at the end, which is just... Ah, uh, okay. He's just, he, he's, he literally looking at the floor going, um, uh, it does, um, it needs it because, um, and obviously every Bitcoiner's answer is, it needs it for the exact same reason as you would do the KYC and AML on, on email address. Because you want it for surveillance, you want it for control, you want it for tax purposes. You're not yep. trying to stop the terrorism or the fraud or the hate speech. That is the cover. <laughs> you don't because all that happens on email. But what doesn't happen on email? The transmission of money, the where money should be taxed, and they want to know where it's going. That is their precious fiat that they printed out of thin air, admittedly, but they want to make sure you don't have too much of it. And if you do have yeah. too much of it, they want their 20, 30, 40, 50%. So you can say yeah. what you want, but they want their money. And that is why KYC and AML exist on financial transactions. It doesn't happen on email. And that guy trying to defend it and say it's good for crypto that it's regulated for KYC and AML, he couldn't articulate it because he destroyed his own argument. Yeah. It, it, it is funny you say that as well, yeah, because you're so right. If they really, really wanted to do and perform KYC AML, then they would look at source of funds and source of wealth as opposed to the identity of an individual to claim that that's you know, your customer. Now, those things are possible, but they are not often done. But if you look at it all, like the reason why you reject it on email is it's an infringement on your freedom and your privacy. Yeah. That's just yeah. even further invasion of your privacy, right? Like, Why do they need to know this stuff? And when they go to stop terrorism and fraud, you go, go fuck yourself. You, it isn't for that. It's because you're scared I'm not going to pay my taxes. And you yeah. want to look at my money 
where it's going. That is yeah. the real reason. And, that, and that's why we, we should be saying no to this stuff. And it's and why it's just so funny, the fact that this clip was lined up last week and then today, Mr. <laughs> Regulation himself didn't regulate his own company, went bust and sold it to his competitor in an hour. What a kind. <laughs> Regulation doesn't... So we've had this a numerous times. It needs to be more regulated. No, it fucking doesn't. When people go bad, it doesn't matter what regulations exist because they ignore them. Mm. Like the regulations, all they do is they hamper good people and create surveillance. When CEOs go rogue, like what's happened here, their customers all lose their money on the exchange. They've got lucky this time because another exchange has come in and bailed them out. But when CZ does this and he goes rogue and loses all their money, doesn't matter how regulated he is or isn't, the money's going to go just be gone. And nothing yeah. can be done about that. The same what happened to the banks. Banks are really regulated. They lost all the money. Anyway, I don't And if any of you guys are going to try and give a pro and like a devil's advocate reason as to why regulation is good. Sounds like you don't sounds like you don't like freedom and democracy. <laughs> oh, I, I am actually. Uh, and the reason why I will is simply because the majority of the masses will want some form of regulation so it will make them feel comfortable that they are doing the right thing and when they know that they are doing the right thing then they will uh, deposit so we will bring the masses along i also think institutions um, within order to sign off will need regulation as well now this isn't to say that having regulation is good it's just simply that it'll make them feel comfortable to be able to then go on and uh, deposit in mm. large chunks my, my, my counterpoint to that straight away would be I've, I've referred numerous people to various exchanges every single one's come back to me and going they're asking me for my driving license it feels like a scam why are they doing that and I have to then explain to them, this is the same as when you sign up for a bank account. But guess what? Most people have never signed up for a bank account. Their mum and dad did it for them when they were freaking 15. And they're scared to give their driving license over. So mm. I, I would argue almost the opposite. I don't think people know what KYC or AML is. I think we've been in the industry and I think we think it reassures the general public. But in reality, when you speak to people on the ground, Every time they give their their driver license or passport and type that into an app, they don't like it. And I think it does the opposite of reassurance. I think it scares them. Because mm. it's, it's just another company to lose it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is. It is. Um, but I don't think that many people... If you put out an article saying... Bitcoin now regulated as opposed to it being non-regulated in the wild, wild west. More non-coiners will get into the space as opposed to not as they are right now. Maybe. But if I say Bitcoin for freedom-loving self-sovereign individuals or Bitcoin for regulated NPCs, then those regulated NPCs can go, go die in a ditch. I don't want them in Bitcoin anyway. Yeah, 
you, you, you <laughs> might not necessarily want them in the uh, with us. I guess ultimately, the only reason I say for the, the pros for regulation is that it will bring the masses. Uh, because the masses are the ones who haven't been prepared to put the work in to read the Bitcoin standard, understand what money is, or listen to our 99 claims of what money is, and, and they've just batted them away. Yeah, That one thing alone will probably tip them over the edge a lot easier than anything anyone on you know our our call or any other of our episodes will do for them because they'll be like oh that sounds trustworthy and then go ahead with it <laughs> okay I'll, we'll leave it there yeah <laughs> you, you 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 put up an argument i respect the argument i'm not buying <laughs> it but i respect the argument <laughs> yeah about inflation weekly ah Getting hard on just thinking about it. Oh. We have two as well. Oh, double. <laughs> double, double, double. Oh, my I mean, favorite... We've not really talked about Elon, have we? And my well, my favorite woman in the world, Lagarde. Just above Pelosi. Yeah. I know. I don't know who's worse. Pelosi has a great rap. Yeah, she does. And her <laughs> husband um, loves Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't cover that. Like the whole story behind this break in. It was it was on here, but I've had to trim it off because I like the kind of gossip kind of column that was for last week, and then we had proper chunky stuff in here. So we actually well, tried to keep it on Bitcoin stuff. So yeah. there's a nice um, clip. I think it's from when Chris. Her name's Christine Lagarde, isn't it? I forgot what her yeah. forename was then. Um, she said that inflation comes from nowhere. So I think she was in an Irish talk show, talk show mm. and she came out with this. And I kind of looked at this and I went, she's not stupid. She's part of the boys' club, isn't she? But it's the fact that some people will believe her that it just came from nowhere and it's due to greedy suppliers. It's down to Russia, Ukraine. It's down to China. It's down to COVID. It's down to um, this and that. And it's just like, it's the fact that you printed so much money. You know, it's mm. not that this big fucking dragon came out of nowhere and burnt down the shit. It's the fact that you made money less scarce by printing so much. So it's what? 30 40 percent over a couple of years you've printed and the eurozone's only hit 10 to 15 percent so far so you know that's about that's going to double we're going into year two now so for anyone like kind of debating that what we're seeing is the cpi average is over 12 months so this 10 percent, or in the netherlands which is 15 percent, is over 12 months and it hasn't slowed down. So on month, say, seven, it was 15. On month eight, it was 15. On month nine, it was 15. On month 10. And what that means is it's not actually just going into one year. That's now up to 15 months where you've got you've got an average of 15%. The max bands to 18 months. And it's 20, 24. So you've actually got two lots. And you've actually got a massive amount of inflation there. And it's not just, oh, we kept it at bay at 15%. Your money has been inflated over two fiscal years at 15 percent 
well, devalued. Your money hasn't been inflated. Your money has been devalued twice at fifteen percent. Yeah. And it's just it's just phenomenal that a politician says but he didn't see it coming. Yeah, well, she's the head of the European Bank, isn't she? And and literally, she says the inflation crisis. She doesn't even give the excuses you gave there. She said it. Pretty, <laughs> no. She said it came out of pretty much nowhere. That's the key one. I was just waiting for you to say it came out of pretty much nowhere when really we know and we've been talking about it for nearly two years now about inflation but obviously we've been talking about it for for years before that as a as a collective it's been coming from the money printer here because you've either got she's incompetent which we know she isn't because she will have studied money she will know this happened it happened in roman times it happened in chinese times it happened in the 70s when we first got the money printer out or it's B, she knows what they did, but either doesn't really care because she either benefits so much or it really is. The really scary part is part of the Great Reset where they're really going for it to destroy all your assets and income. Yeah, it's 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 that one, unfortunately, because if you look back, and we did this, I think, on one of the pods, we look back over Christine Lagarde's history. She's a known fraudster in the banking sector. She got caught doing mass fraud in the banking sector and I can guarantee she took a plea deal to go, we will let you run the European bank, but you run it as we say. Mm. And we won't give you a prison sentence. This is what everybody in the, these high politicians, head of the banks, the the people that are on the front lines that w- sometimes were good, were born good, and then turned bad, they've got dirt on them. And it's big dirt. And it comes with heavy fines and long prison sentences. And then they get people like her up there just spouting complete and utter lies because that's the the script she's, she's been told she isn't to even trying is she no it's 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 a joke at how bad and she she must just be going for the incompetence route which is we don't know what we're doing and so i think it, i think it works I think the general public like thinking they're smarter than the banks and the politicians and go are there a bunch of clowns ruining the economy Oh, we're voting some more different clowns and maybe they'll they'll fix it. Because it completely, if I, if it's incompetence, it's not your fault, right? It's just I'm just an idiot. Uh, maybe you should get a different head of the bank. Because but you can't prosecute me. You couldn't do it on purpose. But she they have done it on purpose. Like she's a very smart woman. She knows exactly what she's doing. But she's a fraudster. Fun, fundamentally, this woman is, is a criminal. And she's now head of the European Bank. She got promoted after being found to be a fraudster and is now defrauding the whole of Europe to their face and saying, don't know what's going on. Yeah, at, at yeah. its um, best, it's stealing the money of the citizens. At its worst, it's a precursor for the Great Reset. Yeah. You know, you've got two options. It's not incompetence. Um, and it's just the fact that people will accept it. You know, on the t- if you had someone say she came on this show for whatever reason, she's feeling a bit suicidal... She said, oh, we didn't say it. it came from nowhere. She'd get absolutely fucking ripped to shreds. You'd ask her all the awkward questions, but the talk show host of whatever, whoever it was would have just been like, oh, but how can we rectify it? Oh, we've got our controls. We can bring up the interest rate. We can print more money. It's just like, well, you can print more money because you printed too much money. Yeah. And it's obviously, the, they always, always do these interviews where, they seem to go terribly badly, but they're still friendly. It's still set questions. 
no one's really digging in going, this is either gross incompetence or a controlled demolition of the economy where you're trying to convert us to socialism. The fuck are you guys doing? This is very serious and we need you removed from power ASAP and put some responsible in that puts the brakes on the money printing. That's the kind of questioning that I would like to see someone like Christine Lagarde go through, but she doesn't. They ever give them like a, you know, a Monday five o'clock presenter that used to do Love Island and they give them five questions that they just read from and you go and they don't understand the context but she's done a bad job here and therefore shown herself up here she hasn't hasn't done a bad job she's done the best out of a shit situation she said I'm incompetent feel (laughs) sorry for me I'm I'm human I make mistakes she hasn't said I've just stole all your fucking money deal with it <laughs> yeah. to be fair it is the best you could do is to say I'm incompetent that is the best outcome for them yeah, yeah so I think she's actually done a good job I just and like uh, Mr Rollins says they've just given it to someone who doesn't understand the subject and asks us some shitty questions which are pre-agreed by the big bosses do you think her saying that she's incompetent was also pre-agreed of course what what's the best outcome? It's either A, it's going to plan. Well, what's going to plan? You you're stealing money off us, you're getting ready for a great reset, or <laughs> you just like making everyone poor. You know, there's yeah. it's the best outcome. Oh, I'm sorry, I hold my hands up. Everyone makes mistakes. Oh, it's okay, Christine. You go back, try to keep inflation below 15% next year. I'll try, but it's really hard. <laughs> I can't stop printing. I'm a fucking inflation dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm waiting for it to pull out the fact that, like, oh, I'm a woman. Be nice. Yes. Yeah. That that is another reason, I swear, like, why sometimes they probably put up clown-type people or women, and then I think it's just the public attends to go easier on them. I don't know. And I I, I was going to say, I do think she, she will get an easier ride. But, but the majority of people, it, it goes over everyone's head. They, they, when, when, when someone, if you ask the average person, got them to watch that interview, and then just went, oh, so you know the cost of living crisis, this is the woman that is largely responsible for it. She's the head of the European Bank and da, 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 one of the key people of the economy. What do you think at the end of that? They'd have gone, all right, yeah, they fucked it, didn't they? Yeah, oh, well. Yeah, and um, I yeah. suppose what one thing which comes out of this is with all the lockdowns, they brought in furlough and whatever stimmy payments. So it's the base, it's a basic UBI, wasn't it? And um, it's just shown it doesn't work, it's caused mass inflation. So you put UBI as a permanent, which is always rumored to happen in the WEF. So they basically got you get your free money from the government, they've got control over you. So you keep working, but oh, yeah, you get an extra 500 pounds because we're so nice. But the fact is that you pay that back in future. So if you think about that, it's accelerating that inflation from 2% to a good 10% every year. So you want to buy those, um, I don't know, um, special dinners every week. (laughs) They're going to go up, you know, phenomenally out of your grasp within three years. And it's just, it's people not understanding basic economics and calling for UBI. And this is, you know, a prime example of what's happened. We've got coming up to 30, 20, 30% inflation across the Eurozone. 
And if you put that across every single year, it stacks up on your compound and you end up with people not being able to afford the luxuries which they want. And by the time which it's hit that, it's too late. Or need. I need these luxuries. I need this soy latte. <laughs> I need this mochaccino. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're looking at you. Spice this pumpkin. is no show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, I've had my fun on inflate, that inflation, so let's move on to the next one, which I don't really class as an inflation weekly. It's just a bit of a lull. Oh, no, it's a great inflation one, man, because this is exactly the same thing. Although instead of saying incompetence, this time they're just trying to pretend it's not even happening. So the Ryhouse tweeted, seniors are getting the biggest increase in their social security checks in 10 years through President Biden's leadership. Mm. And fair play to Mr. <laughs> Elon Musk, who has the new fact checkers around, although he calls them added context. And he goes, seniors will receive a large social security benefit increase due to the annual cost of living adjustment, which is based on the inflation rate. And in response to this, the White House delete the tweet. And then Elon replying to it going, the system is working. Because <laughs> they're calling them on their shit. That, that is literally... It's happened the... on a number of Joe Biden's tweets as well. Yeah. And it's fantastic because the government are literally lying, saying they're putting certain benefits up by record amounts. And all they're doing, it's still behind inflation. These benefits yeah. are still going down. Like inflation might be 15% and they're putting them up 10%, which means it's the biggest rise in 10 years. But they're still 5% down. But and fair play to Elon going around going, just to call you on your shit. You put it up by 10%, but the value of money has gone by down by 15 So they're still technically poorer. But it's a measure as well, because I think they cut the um, visibility of the M2 money supply, which is what people were yeah. judging the amount of inflation by, whereas this is a prime one. So you know how much someone's benefit has increased over a year. It's the absolute minimum inflation of what's happened in the US. And it's just called it out to the general public. And you know a lot of people will go and click on that. So I thought it was more of a lull than an inflation one, but it's just, yeah, it's absolutely great. Cool. What are they going to get oh. Elon for, though, to get him on their side? I was going to say, I think he might need to be careful <laughs> because um, they will try to bring him down somehow, just like we were talking about the FBI earlier on. You start to go after them and they'll quickly turn around and try to go after you. Now, oh, there's there's so many attacks on Twitter already that, that literally there's a there's a list of companies that have all terminated their um, sponsorship and advertising deals with Twitter. There's less than okay. 100 companies on there right now. And if um, you look at the ownership of those 100 companies, BlackRock and Vanguard are the majority shareholders <laughs> of all of them. What a fucking surprise for anyone that... Followed our great reset it, it, episode, but it, but it continues like the current trend, and he brings in like um, he's sub subscription. I'll probably be like you know what because it's actually being run properly. I might pay it. Well, he, he Elon is going to like they're they're trying to hurt him, but he's got infinite money. That like, he's the fucking richest guy on the planet. Um, but they're going to try and hurt him a lot, and they're kind of cut off all his resources. But I've already seen his plan. He like he's released a load of tweets. He's going to try and make it more like YouTube and make it. 
where the more subscribers you have, you can monetize them. You can, you, they um, fit, cut you in on the ad revenue. So because at the moment, Twitter doesn't cut you in on the ad revenue, right? You know, so he wants you to pay certain things. So he wants the majority of people to pay. But the people that have huge followings, just like on YouTube, um, it's the same model, right? I pay for YouTube um, to have the ads removed. So I'm a payer there um, because, and I get no ads. Um, but then I watch people that have millions of subscribers and they're millionaires off the back of it. That should be the same with Twitter. If you have millions of followers, your tweet should be able to be monetized. They should be able to show ads to the people that don't pay. They see ads, they click them. You give a cut of that ad to the to the user. It's not very yeah. fucking hard. And that's all Elon's going to say he's going to do. And that's going to push so many influencers into Twitter land. They're going to start building up their followings. They're going to start pushing random products and monetization and da-da-da-da. Everything that happens on YouTube, you're going to come to Twitter. And you can just see that his little 44 billion baby is going to grow to this 440 billion behemoth. Because it's fucking he's not, Elon. Yeah, he's not stupid. And what I particularly love from Elon at the moment is him destroying AOC all the time. <laughs> yeah. He just keeps going $8. She's like, writes like a five tweet thread about why he's such a monster. He's like, Eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be eight dollars now. <laughs> He's good. You still owe me eight dollars. Like no matter how much you moan, you owe me eight dollars left. <laughs> yeah, he is great. Um, right. Okay, so um, we were talking about at the start of the show FTX limiting withdrawals, but. They've taken that play out of the uh, the traditional banks because Santander, in our next article, talks about limiting withdrawals. Yeah, but and only to also one place. Though. What you can, uh, where you can off ramp to get on ramp to Bitcoin as well, right? So, with with this one, um, I saw the thread, and my response within the thread was get Revolut account, transfer it to Revolut, then put it over mm -hmm. to Coinbase. Yeah. Um, because I don't, my primary account isn't Revolut, but I do use it. So I kind of like ping it over to Revolut, then I ping it over to Coinbase because you do get blocks every so often otherwise. So I yeah. do it as a matter of course. And I thought I'd just share it because you can get a free Revolut account and it's pretty cool. They leave you alone to do whatever you want with your crypto. Just yeah. don't store it on a Revolut app if you do buy it there. Yeah, well, I, I I would definitely recommend not to buy it on Revolut really because it's, it's it's quite hard because they again have the restrictions on how much you can withdraw. Just send it to Coinbase and then withdraw it straight to your hardware wallet. But yeah, at the at the moment, obviously, the, at the moment, it's so what they've done here because I've got a Santander account and um, I've sent large amounts of money um, from Santander to various exchanges. And um, but yeah, they're limiting it to one thousand pound per transaction. And a total limit of three thousand in any rolling thirty-day period. Hilariously, if you have a shit ton of money on an exchange and want to withdraw it to Santander, they'll happily receive it. They mm. just won't let it go back out again. So you, so you could withdraw one million pounds from a Bitcoin exchange and send it to Santander. All all gravy, no questions asked. Send two thousand in one day from your Santander account to Bitcoin exchange. And you'll get blocked and probably flagged as a fraudster. So the the what the, the main reason why this article is really here is it's just a worrying sign, right? Because this is the first big bank at the moment. Who gives a shit really? It's one bank. There's plenty of others. 
if you've got money in Santander, move it to Barclays, move it to Revolut, move it to move it to whoever you want, and then send it on from there. But what if they all do it? What if this yeah. becomes the standard and they're limiting the outflow from fiat into Bitcoin? Because this this would do it, right? This would stop people putting their life savings in. This now, all you can do is a DCA, like and the average type of DCA that people would do. Probably too fair, the upper limit of a DCA. But if you say, want one k every um, day, well, actually, it's three k over thirty yeah, days. Three k so. a month, mm. basically, is the, is the limit. Three k a month is a that's, that's is a big DCA, limit. like I said. But it's like if you've got 50, 60, 100, 200 k worth of fiat, um, or a pension, or whatever, and you want to convert it into Bitcoin, you, you would say you have say you have two hundred k of savings. You know, you're 40, 50 years old, and you you want to convert your two hundred k of some stocks and shares. You want to put it into Bitcoin. And you can do it 3K a month. It's, yeah. it's going to take you decades to get that in. So you're essentially not going to do it really, are you? Because you're, you're going to have to figure out something else. Um, so this is this is one of the problems, right? This is this is fiat coming for us. This is why Bitcoin is... Is there any way around this, by the way, in your uh, thoughts and opinion? A obviously way around it? Got, yeah, yeah, obviously you've got other banks... Uh, to off ramp. Well, I suppose you've got the secondary account, but you've also got moving your business to another bank totally because that is a complete, you know, if you're going to limit me and tell me what I can do with my money, then I'm not going to have anything to do with you. So it's using um, the challenge of banks like Monzo and Revolut who do allow this kind of action because the fact if is. If everybody uh, had the same kind of. Yeah, you'd have, to, you'd have to go peer to peer. Yeah. So you'd, you'd literally have to go onto some peer to peer website, which isn't blocked, and then find an individual on there willing to do a deal. And then you just send them a transaction. So then it would just look like you're sending someone some money. Mm. You're sending someone 10 grand, and they wouldn't block that necessarily. They might ask what it is, and you just lie and go and buy a car. And in reality, you're buying some Bitcoin, and the transaction will go through. But that it's very easy, obviously, to to ban the Bitcoin exchange addresses as a piece of paper. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it, it's worrying news for the UK. I think um, the the more stories I hear about us being the pioneer of CBDCs, the pioneer of UBI, fucking Rishi coming to power, this now happening. Very worrying signs for the UK. I think. I think we might well be one of the test beds for this horrible new financial world. You've also got another angle on this. Lynn Olden um, commented on this story, and it was alternate title, bank limits, outflows towards its competition. Yeah. Well, we know that's the reason, right? Yeah. But they're not doing it to protect people. Again, it's like 8KYC and AML. Like, they're mm. going to say it's to stop fraud, it's to stop financial crime, it's all this type of stuff. That would be exactly the reason. I haven't even read why Santander have done that. I don't even need to. Do I know it's lies? Yeah. The reason they're doing it is because they don't want people to convert fiat into Bitcoin. Like it's just correct. It's less money for them that will be deposited or left with them. Yeah, it's like if you had to take a taxi to go get an Uber. Like clearly, the <laughs> taxi would say no, wouldn't he? <laughs> He'd be like, "I'm not dropping you off there." Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, Last story of the week. It's a bloody yeah. big story, though. I was going to say. It's a highly relevant one through, we've talked through 
little bits of the points on every part of it, every part of the show about this. It all leads towards the story, so it's a good one to end with. So everyone must have heard the problems of Lebanon at the moment. It's bankrupt. You can't get your money out the, out the banks. And this is a big, long story on CNBC of all, all websites, which really surprised me. Surprised me. Yeah, talking about people using Tether, Bitcoin, not being able to get the money out, the government making silly mistakes, which led towards this. And it's just kind of going, this is so relatable. And it's on CNBC, which is a real big government shill website. So they're buying groceries with Tether um, and some kind of like backgrounds. Um, It was rebuilt after 1990, I think, Civil War, where they basically invited in investors to store their money as a kind of like tax haven. Um, But it all started to go tits up in 2019 as they plunged into financial crisis, um, which was following decades of expensive wars and bad spending decisions. Sounds familiar. (laughs) Afghanistan, Iraq, track and trace, HS1, HS2. Sounds, you know, really, really familiar. the debt to GDP ratio as well, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and it talked for a few few individuals. So there's a guy called Gabriel. So he was an architect. He lost his job during financial crisis. Yeah, and but today half his income is from freelance work, and ninety percent of that is paid in Bitcoin. Um, so this is because the issue is if they put it into bank. Then if they want to get it into the local currency, I think to withdraw it, they lose, is it, it was like 2%, then it went to 4%, then it went to 10%. I think it's like 20 odd percent they lose in the value. If they want to get into American dollars, they're paying a premium. Um, So I think it's like 35%. So oh, here it is actually the quote, the situation hasn't really changed since 2019. Banks limited withdrawals and those deposits become IOUs. You could have taken out your money with 15% haircut, then 35%, and today we're at 85%. So that's even the depreciated um, currency. Um, so and when he talks about his parents, so they're both career government employees, and they're still holding out hope that the existing financial system will right-size at some point <laughs> So this is, we talked about this, about things which I won't go into detail, but it Uh, is a sunk fallacy. You know, that is literally the definition of it. Um, Yeah. And there's another bit here. The bank's got an influx of cash. So this is 1990, 2019. Depositors saw the balances swiftly grow and the government went on an undisciplined spending spree. So once again, track and trace. Um, HS1, HS2, you've got $6,000 a night stays in London for a prime minister while they're um, going to a funeral. Um, Private airplanes for government officials. You know, it's happening everywhere. And once again, that debt to GDP ratio is going up every single year. What do you think is the answer? Um, tether. <laughs> <laughs> you see, what what's interesting about this is people have gone to tether. So it's what Mister Allin said earlier. 
it's like the dominoes all the currencies fall into the US dollar. So like while Tether is a cryptocurrency, it's um it's tied to the US dollar. It's just a way of transferring out. But you're reliant upon so great, you're moving away from what is it, thousands of percents of inflation, but instead you're moving to thirty percent no, sorry, twenty percent per year devaluation over the last two years by moving to the US dollar. So how is that the answer? But the issue which you will always get get is, oh, Bitcoin's too volatile. But is Bitcoin too volatile versus a thousand percent decline? Yeah, it's like well, exactly. Fiat is already ninety nine point seven percent down, going down by fifteen percent a year, guaranteed. So I guess at least the volatility is guaranteed, fifteen percent down every year. <laughs> yeah. What What you've got. As well as here, another point is the era of easy money fell off a cliff in October 2019 and the government proposed a flurry of taxation everything from gas to tobacco to WhatsApp calls. So national insurance being hiked up. Um, you've got um, the proposal around removing a 40% tax break from pensions, cutting it to 20%. You know, we're starting to see little cracks, aren't we? And it's all scarily relatable to the UK. And even to the US, even to the US at points. You know, whilst... Go on, sorry. I was just going to say, whilst people are going to be like, oh, but Bitcoin, it's volatile. I think you've got to spread your bets at some point. Like, you haven't got to be 100% like Mr. All In, but Dr. 10% says 10%. You've got to have ten percent in Bitcoin. Yeah. Just, um, yeah. Any, anyone that thinks so, because literally, what are you going to do, right? Because Bitcoin is volatile, right? Okay, fine, but fiat is volatile. Right? Like the stocks are volatile. Just everything is volatile. Right? Amazon and Tesla have been down twenty percent, thirty percent this week. These are the biggest companies in the world. Uh, everything right now. Guess what? We're about to hit a financial crisis. That is the biggest we've probably ever seen because the money amounts have got bigger and the populations have got bigger and basically the the stacks that we're betting are bigger so the the downfall is going to be harder so everything is going to be in a fucking tumble dryer getting smashed about but <laughs> what you want to make sure at the end of the tumble dryer when you put your hand back in <laughs> do, do you have anything left and with bitcoin you're going to know you still got your bitcoin you're going to yeah. at least have custody. You're not going to know the value of it necessarily, but you know you got your Bitcoin. Mm. Will you have your stocks? Probably not. Will you have your pension? Almost definitely not. Will you have your fiat? You might have it in value, but will it buy anything but, now? Probably yeah. not. So, this so, is he- thing. so here's a couple of things about fiat. So we're talking about, oh, you know, but you can rely upon government. The government will sort this out with the financial system. So another guy, El Chama, says that he's grown since a customer to withdrawing money from his bank account at a bad rate of 10 to 15% of its original worth. Then we got the bank stopped withdrawals and exchanges then reopened and only did it for above market rate. So what does that say about your fiat? Yeah. It's not yours. No, of course it's not. The, the bank, bank owns that. And then we've got... Here's, an even more ridiculous one, a former member of parliament. So there's been a load of videos which have gone around with people holding up banks. A former member of parliament held up a bank to try and get at their money for medical expenses. A former member of parliament. 
<laughs> and the thing I'd say to everyone, right, is don't think Lebanon is a unique case. That's it's what I was going to say. It's it coming was the Paris of the Middle East. It was coming a, everywhere. A good place. It's coming here. It's coming to the UK. Yeah. People will be. Yeah. We will have doctors, politicians with guns in our banks trying to get their own money out. Yeah, it's that is coming. Whether it's this year, next year, in five years or ten years. It's coming because the pound will fail. And once the currency fails, that is the, the ultimate dynamo, dynamo. Everything else falls behind that because the government is underpinning so much of the public services through this fake money that it all comes tumbling down. The banks fail, the health services fail, the education fails, and everyone starts to go a little bit crazy. And once the vultures are in there, all just grabbing the scraps, by the time the average pleb gets in, there's nothing left. There's just bones. So people go to extreme lengths and literally will walk into their own bank and try and rob them with a gun just to get their money out. And that's yeah. what we're seeing in Lebanon. And it's, it's this is this is the canary in the coal mine. It's and, um, the canary is just dying. Yeah, so I do look only to hold think. just as I say with exchanges, only hold as much money on there as you're willing to lose in bank accounts only hold as much money in there that you're willing to lose. Because when this stuff happens, it happens fast. If you've got a lot of money in there now, don't be surprised if it disappears one day. Mm. Like, like you said, uh, I do try to think what it will be like when that happens and how the UK public will react. You know, so we are... Typically, uh, I say not a gun society, not anywhere near, of course, you know, the likes of the US. But I do think that we'll get to that stage. And initially, it'll be like, oh my gosh, it's just a one off incident, blah, blah. The, the anti protest laws will be brought in before then, and you'll be shot mm -hmm. at. It'll be part of yeah. the allowances. But if you protest, you get shot by someone who can have a gun. Yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah. what they're trying to do is convert us to a CBDC before this happens here as well. Mm. And then they've got ultimately um, your they've got your methadone on tap, so mm -hmm. if you don't behave, you don't get your methadone. Yeah, and and it won't be. I think it removes the branches as well. It removes the banks a little bit. It gets them out of the firing line because you just yeah. go. It's just an app. It's a government app with your money on. Yeah, and one day it gets frozen mm. or your money doesn't buy as much. And you just go. Don't worry, just click the support button and lodge lodge a ticket. Like, well, that isn't fucking and then we'll do an audit. <laughs> we'll do an audit of all your transactions whilst we're here. Well, yeah, really and, and but in, in reality, like I, I must admit, I think when it comes to like surveillance, they probably don't care. You just go, hold on, I had a hundred grand with you, and now my hundred grand only buys a loaf of bread. What the fuck? I want to storm the place and get my money out and just what? But then they're like, there's nowhere to storm, mate. It's in an app. It's on the blockchain. I think it'll be um it'll be two different things on this. It'll be one, it'll be to stop inflation to go to supply so the government can print as much money as they want for, for their families. It'll be to cut off the suppliers who start keeping up with inflation. That's mm. why CBDCs are really being brought in. And also for your control element. So let's say you've got the two-pronged attack to basically, so the government then become pretty much a dictatorship. 
and um, yeah, you can get in your pod and enjoy eating your bugs and soy. Um, but <laughs> as a real positive for Lebanon, not only have they got all these issues, but IMF is in town. So not only are they in massive um, civil unrest, they're also going to be a really, truly fucked third world country soon. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, because it is, but it is really sad. This, you know, this is this is why like Bitcoin is it's hard to sometimes make it light and airy and like have all the bans because fear is killing millions every day and it's just going to continue to destroy economies, destroy, destroy families. And so many people don't see it coming. It's this massive tidal wave coming mm. behind them and it just smashes them. And these people have been working their entire lives. I can only, I can't even think what it must be like to be 70, 80 years old in Lebanon right now. You've worked your entire life. You've done well. You've you've built up a, a nest egg and you think you're going to look after yourself and potentially your kids and maybe even your grandkids as well. And then overnight it's just gone. And you just, what happened? I I worked my life for that and it's gone through no fault of my, I even stored it in the place that was the safest. I didn't mm. invest it. I just put it in the bank and the bank stole it. And it's just, it's so sad. And uh, yeah, normally we leave but, on a, an uplifting um, little well, jokey well, story, but, but this one's a proper sad one. I was going to say the positives are that um, people are resorting to mining Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies by using the cheap energy over there because they can't afford to charge much for electricity. Otherwise no one would buy it. And also hydroelectricity. So there's a couple of stories at the end. And it's saying that in the Middle East, Lebanon is second to Turkey for crypto usage. I didn't realize Turkey was so high, considering that their um, president made everything illegal several times. I think, yeah, uh, people have just converted to it regardless because they need to. Yeah. But it's not regulated. If anything, it's anti regulated. Don't they feel but, the yeah, in the it, it's, it is all the case studies. We we've covered a lot in various um 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 case studies for tonight, and we've got the one of um runaway inflation. Um people, well, I think Saferdeen Song tried to argue with him on Twitter, what's the use case for Bitcoin? He's like Lebanon. Yeah, and he is it Lebanon. saved my wealth. He's Sorry. Fine. He is from Lebanon as well. Safety. Yeah, exactly. And he just absolutely ruined them with that point. And it's... Um... Yeah, because everyone lives in America or Europe and they're like, it's it's fine, like 15%. Yeah. Okay, it's not great, but it's fine. You go, it's just how it starts, dude. It gets worse. And when it, when it starts to get to 20, 30, 50, 100, then you're going to be crying and we're trying to help you now. So have a jump on board now or... Well, you'll you'll get Bitcoin at the price you deserve, which will be twenty, <laughs> thirty x higher than this. Yeah, just need to move to El Salvador. Commits the family to move. You tell them. Yeah, true. Be a Bitcoin right. alpha male. <laughs> you moving, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we have it. This was pod number seventy-three, brought to you by Mister Orlin, aka the Trillion Dollar Man, Doctor Evil Ten Percent, aka the People's Champ, myself, Sir Neverlook, aka the Excellence of Execution. And she was here, but she's never here. You know who I mean, Mrs. No Show. Mm-hmm.